several miles off the main highway, tucked away in a secluded canyon on prime vineyard property, stands a rustic barn that was built many decades before the vines around it were planted. In that barn, a sophisticated broadcast and recording studio has been built. The barn also has a well-hidden root cellar stocked with many of the world's most exceptional wines, only to be shared with guests who secretly come to offer their insights and tell their stories. Guests are sworn to secrecy and are shuttled to the studio aboard a John Deere tractor. Those who cannot make the journey in person are interviewed by satellite hookup, and sometimes the crew simply sneaks away with microphones in hand and interviews guests in barrel rooms, wine cellars, and other magical places. All of this is done like clockwork every single week so that we can bring you another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. Peel me a grape Crush me some ice Skin me a peach Save the fuzz for my pillow And it is time for your weekly grape encounter And I am in a place right now That I have not been for years And I mean years and years And I am with somebody who is probably One of the smartest wine guys I have ever met He is a dear friend of mine We haven't seen each other in a long, long time Except we ran into each other up near where I live, but we are in Jensen's Market in Palm Springs, which arguably has the best wine section I have ever seen in a grocery store. And we are with my dear friend, Chris Longo, but it has been a long-go time. Yes, it has, Dave. A long time. Way too long. Oh, my gosh. So here's the story, and I know this is sort of localized for those of you who are in other areas, but we're going to talk about some interesting things in just a second. But what I think is so great about this store is the selection of wine here just is so amazing. And so many of those big box stores that you go into are selling fake wine. Absolutely. And and when we say fake wine, you want to define that, Chris? Well, it's a lot of shenanigans going on in the wine industry that a lot of big box stores are selling wines that they have to sell. They're, they're made for them. They're made for them, exactly. And they are mandated to sell those wines to the consumer. And we're just the opposite here. We sell the wines that we like and that we want to sell. You don't sell stuff that comes out of a tanker truck. Absolutely not. Because you can go into big box stores and there'll be, you know, on one shelf, there'll be wines that literally came out of the same tank. Absolutely. And now there probably would be people that would beg to differ with me, but, you know, I know. Well, I know the inside story, Chris. Yes. I've, I've been the there, only done thing, that. The only thing different is the label. It could be a different label, but it's the same wine. And they try to make you think that it's a little tiny boutique winery, and it's not. The winery doesn't exist. So if you ever have your doubts about those wines... Google them. See if they have a website. See if they got a picture of their dog on the front porch. Anyway, <laughs> I'm happy as a clam to be here right now because you and I had so much fun because when we were doing the show a number of years ago from the Palm Springs area, which everybody, everybody knows Palm Springs. And so because we were based here, we would do some incredible parties here Absolutely. in this space where you've got this amazing selection of wine and people would come out like, 
what on uh, Saturdays, and I think we did them on Wednesdays. Wednesdays yep. and, oh God, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. All right, so I wanted to do something a little different than what we normally do because we're normally talking on the show about how to have fun with wine and how to improve your wine life and you know all of these things. But today I want to do something different because Chris, you know wines better than pretty much anybody I know. And when we say Jensen's, by the way, if you're uh, from Southern California, there are Jensen's in a number of different places and they're just wonderful markets. I know the owner personally. They're, you know, as good as it gets, the food, the, the wine. So when you do come and visit Palm Springs, for those of you who are living outside of the area, come to Jensen's and just check it out. It's a fun place. But what we're going to do now is I asked Chris if he would go pick out for me just like five or six wines that he'd like to recommend to you all. And I, I gave him um, one condition, which was that the wines have to be wines that can be purchased pretty much anywhere, right? Yep. But let's start with my least favorite varietal, Pinot Noir. What I love, this one, talk to me about it. Well, what you have in front he of me. He puts his glasses on. He didn't have glasses in the olden no, days. No, now I do. I have to put my is readers that, on. Are, are your sideburns gray now? Is <laughs> that what's going bit, on? Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Not bad. All right. Um, we have a second label made from Duckhorn Winery, and it's under the decoy name. And it is one of our best-selling Pinot Noirs on our shelf right now. Like, what is this uh, retail here for? Oh, that's a cheap price. Twenty six ninety nine. Twenty six ninety nine for this wine, and it's a two thousand sixteen. It is such a well balanced wine. It's hard to go wrong. Big name, big delivery, and we sell a ton of this. And wine. you know, the Duckhorn people have a handful of labels. All right, let's go on to something that everybody should be drinking right now. It's hot everywhere, and you should be drinking Sauvignon Blanc. And you picked one from my neck of the woods. Yes, the old Sea Glass Sauvignon Blanc from Santa Barbara County. Another top seller for us for around ten bucks. It's really hard to go wrong. It's crisp and sassy, and you need to. Wait, what does that mean, sassy? How does a wine get sassy? Sassy is just kind of in your face. Does it make you sassy when you drink it? A little bit. It does. Absolutely. Oh, okay. And for 10 bucks, you couldn't ask for anything better. A lot of people around here call them a patio pounder. A patio pounder. Yes. And it, by the way, is a hundred and something degrees outside here in Palm Springs right now. Yes. Okay, the next one we're going to go to is. A wine called Juggernaut, and I have not had this wine, so you got to tell me all about it. What is this even? It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's made by the Bogle people. So if you've heard of Bogle, uh, yeah. you pretty much can find this nationally. It's kind of a limited selection, but it is available, and it's in a big, broad bottle, heavy, and the wine is exactly the same. It's a big, muscular Cabernet is that goes is, great is with it, steak. Is it sassy too? It's not sassy. It's not it's sassy. More bold. It's so it's dominant. It's very dominant, and it's a classic textbook Cabernet Sauvignon. Kick butt, take names. Absolutely. Iron fist in the velvet glove. Yes. Okay, good because I like them that way. Oh, and it's under awesome. twenty bucks. That's crazy too. Yes. And by the way, we're not trying to sell wine here. We're just trying to give you some tips. These are all wines that you probably can find at a good wine store. You'll probably find uh, some of them at the package stores if that's where you buy your wines. Absolutely. And, okay, we're on to one of my absolute favorite wines. I'm going to see what you sell this for. Oh, there's no price tag. Oh, there, no, there isn't. I love this wine. I could drink this wine every single day. It's a red. It is so good. And it comes from Orrin Swift. Talk about this. Yes. Orrin Swift has this beautiful red blend called Abstract. 
And it is a very mellow, well-balanced wine. It's, it's created to just drink and enjoy. We do a great job with this wine. People love it just for the label. It's got pictures of famous people, not necessarily celebrities, but just people who are really famous and into this abstract kind of piece of artwork. And people will sit and look at the bottle for literally hours trying to figure out who all the people are. Yes. It's a great party favor. It usually takes uh, a whole bottle to try to read every picture in this label. By the way, we're talking to Chris Longo and... One of my favorite wine people in the whole world and a dear friend that I don't see enough of. We don't drink nearly enough wine together. He runs the wine and spirits operations for the grocery chain Jensen's in California. But it would probably be across the world at some point in time. So definitely if you go to Lake Arrowhead up in the mountains or you go to Palm Springs, check it out. And if you're here in Palm Springs, you probably already know. But if you don't, you are missing out because... Doesn't matter how much bigger the other stores are. It's all about quality and the concentration of quality here is not to be believed. Okay. We got time for one more and this is so weird. And I had heard about this and I haven't seen it. It's called 19 Crimes and (laughs) yes, tell them about this. This is just way over the top and it's not expensive, by the way. 19 Crimes is a, a, an Australian selection that we have. They're known for the red wine. So they do have several red blends. A Pinot Noir, a Shiraz, and a Cabernet, but sitting in front of me is a their their only white wine, and it's a Chardonnay. It's called Hard Shard, and and there's a, it's the only one with a woman on the label. Yes, and these are prisoners from the 16th century, I guess it is, that were um, convicted of crimes and sent to Australia by boat. And if they made it to Australia, they um, they had to do a hard time there. So these are true stories, and the most unique thing about this wine is the label, and it is what they call living labels. So you can download an app on your phone, and you can go right up to the label and point your phone at the label, and the label comes to life, and it tells you the story of each prisoner as the label actually talks back to you. So it's something new in the wine industry, and I think... My professional opinion is going to be the next big thing in wine as far as um, these apps and how they can communicate. Go and, you know, the wine will tell you more about what's going on in the bottle. We're going to be back with my dear friend Chris Longo. He is the um, director of the wine and spirits department for all of the Jensen stores. They know a lot about wine and talk about a commitment to quality. I've never seen a better concentration of great wines in my life. At, by the way, really great prices, too. So stick with us for a second. We'll be right back after this with more Grape Encounters Radio. No good story about wine deserves to be bottled up. Committed to uncorking a new wine story every day is your host, David Wilson, right after this. We like to talk about wine. Hi, it's David Wilson, and if you're a frequent listener, you know that I constantly tell you the importance of aerating most wines. If you don't, you're simply not tasting your wine in all of its glory. Well, there's a remarkable new wine aeration product out that's beautiful, mesmerizing, and destined to revolutionize conventional decanting. It's the V-Spin, a gorgeous decanter that sits on a simple stand. 
But inside that stand is some very innovative magnetic technology, which enables the wine in the decanter to swirl silently, creating a vortex that exposes the wine to the perfect amount of air in just a few minutes, accomplishing what otherwise could take hours. And you can adjust the speed and time to perfectly suit the wine varietal. I've put the V-Spin through rigorous testing, and the results were consistently stunning. And you can now buy it on Amazon. Learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, spin.us. I want to tell you about one of my absolute favorite treats in the world. I take a piece of triple cream brie cheese, put a few very special 100% organic heirloom walnuts on top, and then drizzle a little honey on it to make this a purely irresistible morsel of deliciousness. Then I pour myself a small serving of decadent port-style wine to create the perfect complement. That's just one example of how I pamper myself with products from MM Organics in Paso Robles, California. Now, you're on your own with the honey and brie, but the walnuts and port-style dessert wine can be ordered online at mmorganics.com. They've also got lots of other delicious walnut products available, including their peerless sprouted walnuts in lots of decadent flavors, organic gluten-free walnut flour, raw organic walnut butter, estate organic walnut oil, and fair trade dark chocolate covered walnuts. MM Organics products are among the best in the world. Get your ship right away at mmorganics.com. He's back, and he's not alone. Your Grape Encounter continues with David Wilson and a little help from his friends. Back with Grape Encounters Radio and standing in one of my favorite places where I've thrown so many parties and introduced so many people to great wines along with my friend Chris Longo. We're at Jensen's Finest Foods. I haven't been in this place in years, but when we were broadcasting from Palm Desert, I lived here for a while, used to come here all the time and we'd do some really great stuff. And, you know, of all the people that I've ever met who are wine merchants, people who sell wine, I've never met a person who is more conscientious than you. Thank and you, I Dave. I mean that sincerely. Thank you. And that's why I'm happy as a clam, as I said earlier. By the way, do you know where that term came from, Chris? I don't know. Nobody. Do you know? You don't know? I couldn't even guess. Okay, so originally the term was happy as a clam at high tide, but they just shortened it. Because clams are happy at high tide because nobody can go out and dig them up. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Okay. Uh, that alone was worth tuning in to Grape Encounters today. All right. Let's talk about what's hot and what's not. I don't want to talk about, you know, any specific wine labels or, or winemakers. We can talk about regions for sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. But what's selling really big right now? What's really got a grip on the wine drinking world? Yes. And then the first thing I can think of is the rosé market. We can't sell enough rosé. And it's not just for summer anymore. We sell rosé wines from all over the world. All year long. All year long. And it's amazing how this has taken off without all the predictions that it would. Aren't you surprised that you never hear the term white Zinfandel anymore? You never hear that anymore. You never hear that awful, disgusting, terrible term. You might hear rosé of Zinfandel. Yes. But you're not going to hear white Zinfandel anymore. That was uh, soda pop for people who just hadn't discovered better wines. You know, 
on one hand, it got people into the wine drinking world, and a lot of them did convert up to more interesting wines, but it did a really terrible disservice to the industry because it made everybody think that pink is sweet. Exactly. And most pink isn't anywhere close to sweet. In fact, most of it's bone dry. It's just the opposite. Yeah. Except for the, the appearance of the wine. It does look like a white Zinfandel and those sticky sweet wines. But rosés are most certainly bone dry and they have such neat character from all over the all different regions of the world. And, and one of the things that you have to remember about rosés, this is really super important. There's as many different styles of rosés as there are styles of red wines. Absolutely. Okay, so, you know, red wines, you got Pinots, you got Syrahs, you got Zinfandels, and so on and so on and so on. Rosés the same way. And in fact, a good amount of the red wines right now that we drink, there may very well be a rosé version of that wine. And the only difference being that they were taken off the skins. That is correct. How long does a rosé typically sit on the skins? Oh, most of them don't sit very long on the skins at all. That's why it has such the... It can be just hours, right? Hours. And it's, a lot of it is just free-run juice that is the, where the juice is running from the, just the natural weight of the grapes in the bin. And you get the grapes squeezing out their juice with just very little contact on the skins. So it's interesting, and maybe you could explain free-run juice a, a little bit because it's a term not too many people are probably familiar with. But it's actually kind of the most delicious juice you know, from the pressing, but it's going to be very, you know, almost clear. And the reason they take it off is why? So imagine you have a whole bunch of red wine grapes that you've just picked and you put them in a big vat. And those wines get very heavy at the bottom and just the sheer weight of the wine will push down and start breaking the skins and releasing the juice, which is called free, free run juice. And with the skin contact, it gets that slightly pink color. And that's what they're usually using those grapes for. And later they will take the rest of those grapes and they will press those grapes and they will make red wine out of those yeah. after pressing them you know, with, with good pressure. And a lot of times they take that free-run juice and they actually distill it into things like vodka. Yes, that is, is true, too. But it used to be they just threw it away. Yep, they, they just poured it. They threw it away and it was the best stuff. Okay, what else is hot? Uh, Pinot Grigio is real hot, especially Pinot Grigios from Italy and also Prosecco. Prosecco and Pinot Grigio have been hot for years, though, now. Yes. They've had a really good run. What about Syrah? Syrah making a comeback in your store? Well, and what we're seeing is, is not too big of a comeback in Syrah. We've been hearing that it's it's on the rise, and perhaps in some regions it is making a comeback, but we haven't seen a big surge yet. But we do have a great selection of Syrahs, and we, we haven't given up on that varietal yet. Okay. I'm going to call one, and that is going to be Sauvignon Blanc, but particularly from New Zealand. Oh, yes. New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. It used to be that you went into a wine store, you were lucky if you could find one, and now there's a bundle of them. Absolutely. And New Zealand's fussy about what wines they'll let out of the country, so there's a pretty good chance if you buy a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, you're going to like it. But there are some big production ones now. They tend to be a little on the green side. They tend to pick them a little too early. They're, they're a little, a little yes. tart, I guess, is what I would say. A little tart, yes. And a lot of them are, are described as having that grassy taste. If you've ever had um, lemongrass, for instance, when you were a kid and you went out yeah. to the field and you sucked on a lemongrass, a lot of it has that kind of a taste to it. A lot of people like it. 
Um, but made right, you're going to pick up the mushy tropical fruits. Yes. You know, mangoes, papayas. Even some uh, grapefruit. Even, you know, peach, which I consider sort of a tropical style fruit. Pineapple even. And you can tell the difference between a Sauvignon Blanc from California and one from, from New Zealand instantly. Most certainly. By that characteristic. We've got time for just one more. Okay. What do you think? Well, when it comes to red wine, I think the red blend category is the fastest growing still in the red wine sector. You know, what's so interesting about that is there there were no blends 20 years ago. No, there wasn't. And maybe even 15 years ago, no blends. And it was actually sacrilegious to blend wine unless it was a Bordeaux. Then you could, the French could do it. Americans, no, you're not allowed to. Exactly. Now Americans are going crazy. They're not just yes. blending wines within a family like the Rhone family or the Bordeaux family or the Burgundy family. They're blending wines, the craziest blends you could possibly imagine, becoming so inventive. And California is the epicenter for unique and crazy blending. You are so correct. And the funny part about it is blending began because... We were trying to take some of the imperfections out of a wine so we'd fix it with something else. Absolutely. Like adding sugar to your coffee, right? That is correct. And even to this day, some of the really good blends, you know, started that way. And they're the most expensive wines. Yeah, exactly. It's craziness. You are, you are so correct. Chris Longo, what a pleasure to have you on. A severe pleasure a to severe, have you here. A severe pleasure. I'm gonna, we're going to come back and do some things later on. We're, gonna, it's, we're not going to let five years go by. Excellent. That sounds great. Anyway, if you, if you get a chance and you're out in Palm Springs because people come from all over the country, the world, uh, to visit, be sure to stop by Jensen's. Uh, the, maybe the Palm Springs one is where you're at mostly, right? Yes. Okay. Ask for Chris, and he will probably... Will you pour them a glass of wine if they ask for you? Absolutely. All right. Very good. Uh, we're going to be back with more Grape Encounters. I wish I could just hang with you, but there are other people waiting in line. <laughs> So we will talk to you very, very soon. Thank you, Dave. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. People sometimes say it's the wine talking. Well, everyone knows that wine can't talk. That's why a bunch of grapes got together and hired David Wilson to do the talking for them. For nearly four years, I've taken many opportunities to tell you about the place that Grape Encounters Radio calls home, Atascadero. Located right in the heart of the spectacular California Central Coast wine country, which offers a lot more to see and do than simply enjoying the world-class wines we produce here. Atascadero is a town where people are remarkably friendly, food and accommodation prices are far lower than in other wine countries, and every activity imaginable can be found just minutes away in any direction, including world-class wineries, ocean sports, and breathtaking beaches, cycling, equestrian activities, sightseeing, hiking, hot springs, farm-to-table cuisine, cider houses, concert venues, shopping, and so much more. I've had countless visits from around the country by listeners at the Grape Encounters Emporium Wine Bar in Atascadero's historic colony district. I hope you'll be next. For more information, log on to visitatascadero.com. about what he spends on wine, but liberal on how much he pours his friends. Here's your host, David Wilson. And we are back with Grape Encounters Radio, and tell you what, 
It is that time of year again. Let's just call it wine and food event season. There are so many of them that go on at this time of year. But if you have been a frequent listener for a long time to Grape Encounters Radio, you know I have a particular event that I love more than any wine and food event that I've been to. I've been to hundreds of them. This one is special for a lot of reasons. We're going to talk about this event with one of my three favorite guests of all time. I could probably say my favorite, but then there are other people that would be really offended, so I'm not going to do it. But it's Jamie Peters, and the event is Wine Song, which takes place in the Mendocino Botanical Gardens. Well, it's in Mendocino County. The setting is unbelievable, but even more unbelievable is my guest, Jamie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the sweet words. <laughs> why, why do, You're one of my favorite people, too. Why, why do we wait, uh, you know, to just do this once a year to talk to each other? Because you know so much about wine, and there are so many other things that we could be talking about. But um, we kind of wait until Wine Song comes along. But we're going to do something a little different because I don't want to just, you know, kind of make this a commercial for Wine Song, although it's my favorite event to support by far. But I want to talk in a broader sense about wine and food events and how people should really participate in them properly, navigate them correctly, and use them to their greatest benefit. And there is so much to be learned at Wine Song. And on top of that, you guys do so much good for a huge region. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, let's start there, okay? And then we'll get into the nuts and bolts where I think people are going to learn a lot. There's going to be a real strong takeaway from this, and it has nothing to do with you coming to Wine Song. We hope you do, but if you don't, uh, this is still going to be an extremely valuable segment or actually two segments for you. But one of the things that's really super interesting about wine is that it might be the industry that does more than I can think of than any other industry for charitable causes. And Wine Song's been around for a super long time. What year are we talking about now this year? This year is the 34th year of Wine Song. Holy samoli! <laughs> right? 34 <laughs> years. And this year, you changed your position this year. You're focused on the um, the auction. And uh, anybody that's really into wine, uh, you know, hears about, like, for instance, the Napa auction, which raises millions of dollars for all, <laughs> right. all kinds of causes. But uh, there are very few wine events that raise as much as you do. And yours is all about health care and meeting the needs of a region that doesn't have a bunch of hospitals and a bunch of options for people to take advantage of should they become ill. So just you know, kind of talk about how this all started and where the money goes. Right. Well, thank you. So the main purpose of Wine Song is to raise monies to buy life-saving equipment and to fund capital needs projects for the Mendocino Coast District Hospital. And how Wine Song came about was that friends of the hospital, employees of the hospital, sat around the dining room table of one of the nurses 35 years ago to think about, you know, how can we help this rural hospital? Because rural hospitals around the country are always faced with 
financially how they're going to stay soluble. And so they came up with this fantastic idea of wine song, which was completely different when it started. And then the, the, the idea of wine song came about first, and then they developed the Mendocino Coast Hospital Foundation, which is the uh, entity that I work for. And they're the ones that are basically the producer of wine song. And, you know, we expanded to do other things as any foundation does, but wine song is still the singular largest fundraising event that raises funds directly and solely for our rural hospital. You know, what's really interesting is I lived uh, for many years up in the community of Lake Arrowhead, California, which is an alpine community up in the mountains. Really a beautiful, idyllic place, but, you know, it's uh, you know, a very different kind of environment and terrain than what you have in Mendocino. And the local hospital up there, their largest fundraiser, where they raise just a, a ton of money for exactly the same kinds of things, you know, to get, you know, new cat scans or whatever it might be, is a wine event. It's a wine and food event. And it seems that people are more willing to go to these kinds of events than almost any other kind of fundraiser because, let's face it, wine is fun. It should be called a fundraiser. Right. Well, you know, and. <laughs> We actually, our, our tagline is, is where fun and philanthropy go hand in hand. Oh, I like uh, that. I yeah, like that. Yeah, because it, it is a fun event. And, and if wine events weren't so wildly successful, no one would do them. So, but they are. So th- these events, I think, serve two purposes because, of course, they, they raise money. And, you know, I know people, you know, Americans are very charitable people and they, they do like to support causes. But, you know, you, you, you charge uh, – and I'm, I mean in general, these kinds of events are not necessarily cheap. But in the grand scheme of things, when you think about what uh, an evening out would be where you'd have a, a bottle or two of really good wine – and a great meal, it's nothing what you pay for these events. How many wineries will participate this year in Wine Song? Because there's a point I want to make once you tell me that number. <laughs> well, for wineries alone, I, I think we're ending up with about 80 wineries. Oh, man. Um, and that doesn't include breweries, some folks that make cider, and distilleries, which we keep to a minimum because, again, after all, it is Wine Song, and we are a pervasive wine community in our own county and all around us. So so to put that in perspective, if, if each of those wineries poured tastings of just four wines, and that's a very low number I'm giving you, we'd be talking about 360 wines that you could taste. Now, the first thing is I want to teach everybody a word that you need to keep in your head <laughs> when you go to these events. It's a four-letter word, and it's spit, Okay. <laughs> There's always going to be a spit bucket at these tables. Yes. You've got to get past the idea that if you spit out wine in front of the winemaker or the winemaking staff that you're going to offend anybody because they're used to that. They spit themselves. It's the only true way that you can get through an event like this and, and really taste a lot of wine but you know not – have to be carried out, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that you are absolutely spot on on that, really. No, I'm spit on. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> People are always spitting on me. Okay, anyway. Oh. 
So, yeah, because you, you, you have to do that. You know, I, I, I judge wine competitions and, you know, there are competitions where I taste four or 500 wines. And that's in a very short span of time, just a couple of days. You have to spit. But, you know, what you want to have happen is you want to be able to become as familiar as you possibly can with these wines because when you go into a grocery store or a packaged goods store or a wine shop someplace, depends on what part of the country that you live in, you're mostly not going to get a chance to taste the wines. You're going to take a risk instead. You might spend $40 on a bottle of wine that you don't like. So first order of business is you should carry around just a little notepad, you know, one of those little four-inch notepads and make notes because that's where you're going to keep some records so that later on when you're out shopping for wine, you're not taking chances. And I would also take notes in terms of, you know, different varietals that you haven't had before and, and things like that. Would you agree? Absolutely. Do your I, I would even say, too, I mean, since everybody has a smartphone, take a photo if you if you're because no one leaves yeah, their house course, without yeah. their phone unless yes, it's by accident. Yes. Uh, take a photo of the bottle, but you know you do want to spit, and I cannot reiterate that enough because how are you going to remember what you like? You know if you're just drinking everything and not spitting at all. You know at yeah, some and, point it's just and a lot you're of, forget. And a lot of people, unfortunately, that's why they go to these events. They go and they just drink, 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 and you know after a while you're just going to have palate fatigue. Every wine's going to taste exactly the same, and it's a shame. All right, we're going to come back in just a second. We have Jamie Peters on from Wine Song. Uh, she has been a key figure in this event for years now, and it's amazing the job that she and her team does over there in Mendocino. And I want to get into the environment where you do this in because it has got to be the single best setting for a wine event of any that I've ever been to. And there may be better, but I haven't found them. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters and Jamie Peters right after this. So just what is a Grape Encounter? It's when wine is the catalyst of a really great time. Your Grape Encounter with David Wilson will continue in just a moment. Did you know that you can visit us in person right in the heart of the Central Coast wine country of California? We can get you a special rate at one of our loveliest hotels, introduce you to some epic wines in person, help you chart out amazing self-guided winery tours, and tell you stories that we're not allowed to share on the radio. Okay, that last one was a, a stretch. Here's David. All right, today's lesson of the day is go to food and wine events. They're the single best way for you to become familiar with varietals, to become familiar with regions and regional styles, and most importantly, become familiar with wines you might not have known of before. And once you know them, you can buy them and you're not taking risks. My favorite event of the year, I'm going to be there again this year on September 8th. It is Wine Song, and it will be at the Mendocino Botanical Gardens along the coast of one of the most beautiful stretches 
beaches of California. It's just unbelievable. Jamie Peters, let's talk about the gardens for a second because they really are absolutely stunning. And the folks who run the gardens put some extra effort before the event into making sure that they are so perfectly manicured that it's unimaginable how beautiful they are. And, you know, talk about how you lay the event out within this very unusual context. Well, we are so lucky and fortunate to have great partners in the Mendocino Coast Botanical Gardens. They do a great job all year long. Their their gardens look tremendous. But I have to say, fall for me is my favorite time of year on the Mendocino Coast. It's absolutely beautiful. And one of the most famous areas that people just can't stay away from are the Dahlia Gardens. They plant those gardens. They get the lawn looking beautiful there. There's a stage at the end where we have music during wine song. And the dahlias are in all different colors. They are absolutely magnificent. And then you have wine and food around them and, and what's not to love. Um, but the gardens do a really great job. We work with them very closely um, leading up to wine song and just ensure that, you know, let's cut this lawn here and let's maybe trim this back a little bit. And we've got some vendors coming over there and they're wonderful. And we couldn't be more fortunate to have had our event there year after year for all these years. And, and let me just say, this is a huge event. There is so much to see. There's so much to do. There's so many great photo opportunities. There yeah. are some incredible, incredible wineries there. And it's very important to point out that if you're not familiar with Mendocino wines, which are kind of the dominant wines at the event, though you get winemakers from all over the place. It's not just Mendocino. But there's a style of winemaking there that is different because, and I shouldn't even call it a style of winemaking. The grapes just have their own, you know, different character there that is very beloved. And it's a region really worth getting to know. The second thing I want to say is the event is not until September 8th. One of the things that has really shocked me the past couple of years is just how high a percentage of people that come to the event are coming not just from all over the United States, but all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. know, they, they come for this event. Now, last year, I teamed up with my friend who is on the show fairly frequently, William Bloxham Carter, who is the head chef for the Playboy Mansion and Hugh Hefner's personal chef for 28 years. And we put together a package and we're going to be telling you more about it because the person who bought this package, which is spending a, a few days with William personally and getting to hear his stories. Boy, those are going to be some juicy stories. And, <laughs> and then I will be giving that person a tour, a real VIP tour of the Central Coast. And they're also taking back with them three cases of wine from the Central Coast. We're going to be doing that same auction item again. They have this huge auction tent and it's so much fun to be under the tent, even if you're not buying. It's just so amazing to watch the enthusiasm and the excitement. What are some of the really elaborate stuff that you do in your live auction? Well, we have international trips. So we have a fabulous trip to South Africa. And we also serve South African wines at Wine Song, so people can try that if they haven't previously. And that's a 10-night trip, and it is just over-the-top amazing. Wow. And I'm currently working on, I'm hoping to have it finalized actually this week, but a trip to New Zealand, which we haven't offered oh. in quite some time. So we'll have New Zealand wines represented at Wine Song this year in addition to the auction lot. We have a trip planned to Italy. Yeah, so we have some really... So those are the, you know, a lot of the international lots. And then 
Um, Dan Duckhorn from Duckhorn Winery, Duckhorn Family Wines, is our honored vintner this year, and he and his team over there have put together an incredible auction lot as well, which really includes some behind-the-scenes tastings with Dan himself and uh, a really nice dinner, and, and his lot is for six people. And then also a private jet transportation between Anderson Valley and Napa. Oh, my so, gosh. Wow. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so we're... And, and those are just, you know, a sampling our, our artist of the year who's also a winemaker, but he's, uh, Tom Rodriguez is in his 50th year as a glass artist, and he's putting together some incredible lots. He actually created the labels for all of the wines in the Farniente family of wine. Oh, which are some of the most beautiful labels out there. Hey, Jamie, we are, we're out of time, but it's just, yeah, I know, I know it it always goes that way. But, you know, listen, the point here is come to Wine Song if you can. We'd really love to have you there. I'm going to be there. Jamie will be there. I'm going to be available to talk to you as much as you want to talk. And we'll talk about anything you want to talk about and have some fun on a scale from one to a hundred. I can give this a 99. And that's only, I'm only saying that because I want to give it a hundred next year, you know, so I I have no place to go. (laughs) But um, for people who are interested, there's a website. Why don't you say the website address because I'll screw it up. Okay. The website where you can purchase your tickets is winesong, W-I-N-E-S-O-N-G dot org, winesong dot org. Okay. And if you do nothing else for the rest of this summer and fall, please get out to as many of these kinds of events as you possibly can. Skip a dinner, you know, a nice dinner that you were planning on going to and spend the same amount of money having 50 times as much food and 500 times as much wine. It's the best way to learn. All right, Jamie Peters, we'll be talking to you more before Wine Song. But for now, Jamie Peters, it's goodbye for Grape Encounters today. Well, thank you so much, David. I've enjoyed hanging out with you and and everyone that, that listens to you. You are the best. Okay, that's going to do it, as I said, for Grape Encounters. Hey, we're going to be back here next week. So, uh, you know, if you uh, need a fix of more Grape Encounters, you just go to uh, grapeencounters.com. And we've got a brand new podcast that we are launching. It is called The Wine is Talking. And you can go to thewineistalking.com and hear our first episode. I hope you'll do that. And we will see you back here on this phantasmagorical radio station (laughs) next week at the same time. This week's Grape Encounters is down to the last drop. Don't let that trouble you. We're headed down to the wine cellar in search of something remarkably special to share with you next week. Until then, we've got hundreds upon hundreds of past episodes ready to be uncorked at GrapeEncounters.com. Help yourself to anything you'd like. Anything you'd like.